Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Hi, friends, and welcome to Audacity Works. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and this is episode number 18, in which I'm going to talk about a bunch of body stuff, including the muggle gym. And this is a request, and of course, I forgot to write down who the request was from, so someone asked me to talk about muggle gyms and uh, our relationship to them, mindset, etc. And um, yeah, sorry, I, I don't remember who you are, but I'm going to take your suggestion, so thank you. But first, uh, can we just say that I watched The Woman King last night and it's on Netflix and it's amazing and I want to watch it again tonight and uh, for the story is extremely compelling uh, and the physicality is it and it is extraordinary and also I have a deep and abiding love and respect for Viola Davis. Uh, I've read her her memoir or autobiography whatever you want to call it and I just think she's kind of the coolest so Anytime I get to see her do her thing, like, oh my god, girl crush for life. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, um, you should see it. 10 out of 10 recommend. So one of the reasons that I really wanted to make this episode about body stuff and muggle gym and the history of training or my experience with it is because of the human element. Because we see people that are online and they're they're doing this thing and we maybe want to do that thing and it just we see the end product we're like that looks so easy and obviously it's not easy uh, to do these physical skills but I just think it would be helpful to talk very honestly and candidly about how the sausage is made and also how often and for how long the sausage doesn't get made at all there's so much fear and urgency around taking time off. Like, and I know that um, the great Jen Crane really helped uh, expand the awareness of how resting is productive. And now that's a conversation that's come from many different angles and is now becoming, thank God, more accepted because it's absolutely true. But even still... Uh, I feel like people have a lot of fear around resting and taking time off as though all of your hard work is just going to get flushed right down the toilet if you take uh, a rest day or a rest week or, God forbid, a rest six months. So yeah, I just want to talk really candidly about my own experience with such things and also the muggle gym and how that comes into play. So a little bit about my background as far as like my physical background, my training background. My mom put me into dance class when I was three years old. And of course, when you're three years old, um, at least in most dance schools, you're not really learning how to dance. You're like learning how to socialize and stand where you're meant to be standing. And maybe they put you on stage in a recital and all those are super valuable things. And, you know, you get to wear cute outfits. And I thoroughly enjoyed all of that. Of course, I was so painfully shy that for the first year, at least, I wouldn't even participate. I would just sit by the window 
uh, waiting for my mom to come home. Glad I got over that. But, you know, at the time, I was just like, I don't want to be here. But I kept I kept dancing. I stayed in dance class. Uh, we tried out the gymnastics thing. But even as a child, I, I was pretty risk averse. And I've been a risk averse adult, um, which is odd because I take a lot of risks and they don't really frighten me. But physically, I don't enjoy the sensation of taking a risk for the sake of the adrenaline. Not a fan. Um, don't enjoy the sensation of speed either. Uh, I remember the first weekend I spent with Manflesh. I had a, like a four-wheeler that I just liked to um, ride around. Well, it was my dad's and I liked to ride around the farm behind his property, just milling about, you know, it was nice. And Manflesh was like, I'm going to impress uh, this chick by driving really, really fast with her on the back. And I absolutely hated it. I was like, oh my God, never, ever, ever do that to me again. I um, hate you for the next five minutes. Uh, So yeah, anyway, unnecessary risks. I don't get a thrill from them. I'm not an adrenaline junkie uh, and uh, gymnastics felt really dangerous to me, probably because I immediately fell off the balance beam and twisted my ankle. So didn't keep up with that, but I did keep up with dance and I did the tap jazz ballet trio, uh, very small town America, which is exactly where I'm from. So that tracks. And when I turned 11, a new ballet school opened much closer to my house in my hometown. And it was called Benita School of Ballet. It was a very lovely school run by an experienced and qualified teacher. Miss um, Benita Simpson, who is still running Benita School of Ballet in Monroe, North Carolina, which is where I'm from. And this was a, a high quality physical education that I started getting at age 11. And I started actually applying myself and trying. And I'm very, very lucky because the culture of this ballet school, uh, I never got body shamed or any of the other horrible things that happen to children that I have heard um, in, in other ballet schools or dance schools and, you know, physical skills education from a young age, especially when it's an outside shape. As ballet is, it's a very much an outside shape. It's not an inside shape. It's supposed to look a particular way from the outside. So, of course, I had my own issues with that, uh, but they were not really put on me by my ballet school. So super dodged a bullet there. But uh, I, I took ballet for like uh, up until and then including college. And that kind of classical education gave me a lot of muscle and ensured that I would never be able to wear those cute little knee-high boots that everybody was wearing in like high school and college and never going to happen. Nope, not with these legs. All the dancers listening are nodding their heads. They're like, yep, just nope does not work it does not the mathematically it is not possible and it gave me a sense of musicality and allowed me to explore my creativity and play different roles because we we had lots of opportunities to perform and be on stage and I'm pretty sure I took advantage of all of them and got to play a wide range of characters Uh, so super lucky that I got to have that experience as such a young person it also gave me a sense of community Um, I had many, many friends who we grew up together. And later on, I even made 
a circus show with one of them. Like, we became adult circus friends. It was amazing. But also, it gave me a sense of purpose, which was something that I desperately needed, especially when I was in high school and very, very easily could have gone down a different road. But you can't stay up all night and run around town and smoke pot behind the mall when you have rehearsal all day the next day. I mean, I guess you could, but I didn't want to. Um, and that's why I didn't want to, because I I had other priorities and that probably saved my life. Thanks, Mama. Fast forward to college where I was a dance minor. By the way, my dance minor was way more work and way more challenging than my literature creative writing major. Um, so that was pretty funny, but that's where I really got to learn about contemporary and modern dance and a little bit of lyrical. Also studied African and belly dance and the sublime joy of having learned the rules. And by rules, I mean the pretty stringent rules of classical ballet and then being allowed to break all of them in contemporary studies of movement. So much fun. Oh my God. Gotta give a quick shout out to Mel here, uh, my coven sister, soul sister, longtime cohort in all of the things. We became close uh, in college and we danced together throughout uh, the college years and performed many, many, many duos. And they're all recorded somewhere and I I don't know where that recording is, but uh, Mel, if you're listening and you know where those recordings are, because I know I put them on discs for us like 20 years ago. If you find them, let's watch them. Uh, It'll be fun at least. And college was also where I was exposed to the muggle gym for the first time. And I only went because my friends were going and we would go in like a small group and run a mile on the track and then go to the weight room. I did not know what I was doing and I didn't really need to know. I followed the instructions on the machines and I wrote down the numbers like how many weights I had on each machine and what was thrilling about it was watching the numbers increase slowly surely very steadily like always increasing and I got a big kick out of that followed by um going to San Francisco in 2007 to start training at the circus center I couldn't afford the pre-professional program, which was still in operation at the time, so I I did the backdoor route and just took as many classes in privates as I could while I supported myself uh, doing dance gigs and writing black hat SEO copy for $10 an hour on the side. And that is when I became quite the purist uh, because I watched my body over the first year just put on so much muscle, more muscle than I ever thought I was going to carry on my frame. And I loved it. Like, I feel supported when I walk down the street. I can open all the jars. Don't even think about it. I loved the sensation of being strong. And I loved that the sleeves of my shirts were all too small. Loved it. Still love it. But also kind of made me a snob. Like, I turned into this circusy snob so like body weight is the only way uh, and I never even thought of going to a muggle gym and you know I haven't actually addressed why I'm using this phrase because to me it's just part of my vocabulary the muggle gym it's just a gym like with weight 
like free weights and weight machines and crap like that, you know, places that people go to work out. And anyway, I seriously doubt that anyone didn't know what I was talking about there, but there's an explanation anyway. And as is the kind of tradition in the land of Rachel, uh, anytime I'm a snob about something, um, I'm wrong. But I didn't know that yet. I was still just being a snob. And people would be like, oh, so you lift, obviously. Like, I lift myself. Ha ha ha. My God, get over yourself, Rachel. Seriously. But that's where I was at the time. And it was fine. Uh, And it worked. And started having some success. And uh, a nice, long, juicy career followed. And uh, let's fast forward quite a while until I get to around 2018, which is when I moved from San Francisco to South Carolina. And I started having these issues in my elbows, tendonitis in both elbows. And it got pretty severe to the point where like carrying a jar of water uh, or a heavy plate was really painful. Like, okay, this is getting much worse. The more I train, the worse it gets. So I'm going to do something about it. And again, got a shout out to Jen Crane because... Uh, We were chatting and she just looked some things up and she's like, okay, I found a physical therapist. They have the kind of treatment that I think is going to be really helpful for tendonitis. You should go there. So I did. And that physical therapist, uh, we worked together for about six months. I didn't train Ariel for six months, I think it was, uh, while while I fixed the issues. And, And it wasn't because I had a percussive injury of any kind. It was just chronic use of my arms in a very particular way. Now, my PT that I'm talking about, he was fresh as an apple blossom right out of college, super knowledgeable, um, beautiful specimen of a human, very sweet and very excited. Uh, and I, I showed him some of the things that I did for conditioning for aerial work. And I explained some other things that I did. And after I had listed them all off, he was like, so you're not really doing much strength training. And I was like, what? Uh, uh-huh. Like, in what world are pull-ups and long hang toe lifts and doing sit-ups from a double ankle hang on fabric not strength training? Uh, so do I agree with his assessment? No, I do not agree with his assessment. However, what was true was that my strength training was extremely specific to my discipline. And since I'd been doing that discipline for like 13 years at this time, it was imbalanced. So the strength training that I was doing was very, very specific. And when, and it was not balanced, like my musculature was not balanced. And anything that is out of balance over a long period of time is gonna cause a problem. And while I have a a very well behaved body in terms of my skeletal muscular system, uh, you know, no temple lasts forever. And the tendonitis was the result of that imbalance. So we did three things to address the tendonitis. One was dry needling, which he would also hook up uh, electrodes to. So I just called it getting electrocuted. Um, that was very effective. Also, BFR, blood, fro- blood, blood, blood 
flow restriction. It's like this machine where you put it on whatever body part you're trying to whatever fix and it blows up and it restricts your bloodstream. And then you do all these tiny, tiny exercises and it is like the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Even though the weight that you're holding is maybe three pounds. So several times a week, I would drive all the way to Daniel Island, get hooked up to the blood flow restriction machine, do my exercises religiously. And it's crazy because it makes all of your veins and your arms stand way out. But I had a course of action and I was going to stick to it. The third thing that he had me do was strength training exercises. And I'm talking hammer curls, like bicep curls with free weights and a whole bunch of other stuff that was all part of the I'm going to scoff at this during my circus training years and decide that it can't possibly be as effective as training with your body weight, which is kind of how I got into this whole mess in the first place. And after a couple of months of uh, doing all of those things and I no longer needed the dry needling, I no longer needed the BFR, uh, so I, I just kept doing strength training and expanded doing the strength training because I really loved doing it. The endorphin release alone was worth its weight in gold. I could be feeling like crap and I'd go to the gym and do all these exercises that I once thought were really stupid and boring and redundant. And by the time I left, I was just high on life. And that came at a really good time for me because having been training circus and doing circus style and aerial conditioning for so many years, I was kind of bored with it. And it was always a means to an end. And the end was to perform exceptionally. But when I went into the muggle gym, it wasn't to perform exceptionally. It was one for my dose of endorphins and two, it felt good. And it made me feel better in my body. So it was just, it was for me. It was for my health. And it was divorced from my artistic discipline. Therefore, it was divorced from my sense of identity. That gave me an experience of freedom around this kind of exercise that was really beneficial to me, especially at that point in my life. And those are the things that I love about training uh, at the muggle gym and lifting some, I'm going to go pick up heavy things and put them down again. Yep. And, and that's it. So the things about the muggle gym that I find most beneficial, one easy data tracking, you can write down numbers. Those numbers go in a particular direction, usually up and the thrill of seeing the numbers get heavier and the reps get higher and then you can put more weight on and the reps go lower again and then they get higher and it's just, it's easy to track your progress much easier than it is to learn a skill with such minute muscle memory as is sometimes required in aerial work and in circus in general. Two, the endorphin rush. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, you can still get that from circus training, obviously, but I kind of couldn't because of the aforementioned reasons, which is the third reason that I really love the muggle gym. It is divorced from my sense of identity. It's divorced from my artistic discipline. So when I go there, I go there with no pressure. I go there with no outcome. 
that I'm striving for. There isn't a particular number that I'm trying to hit, and there isn't a really demanding aerial solo at the end of the time there. It's just time to go move my body, pick up heavy things, put them down again, enjoy the endorphin rush, and then go home. And that requires very little emotional investment for me. If I go into an aerial space or a circus gym, that requires emotional investment for me. There is, as far as I know, no way around that for me. The way, like with the life that I've had and the time that I've spent on this earth so far. And that's good. Like, it should be that way. Um, However, when the only outlet you have to exercise or get stronger or move your body comes with an intense emotional investment it really narrows your window of uh, what's going to be possible for you and work for you and feel good for you. It also doesn't really require me to think very hard. Uh, like I have a plan when I go in. I either make that plan myself, but I prefer to have my personal trainer, Nelson. What's up, Nelson? You don't listen to podcasts, but hi. I'll have him make a, a plan for me and then I'll take liberties with it. And you're like, mm, I'm sure by 20, he meant 15. But anyway, like that plan is written out. I like I know what I'm going to do when I go there. I know how long it's going to take, which isn't long. And while I'm there, since I don't have to critically think very hard about what's happening, my mind is allowed to wonder and creativity thrives in boredom. And while it's not really boring to work out at the Muggle Gym, it's, you know, It's picking up heavy things and putting them down, like stay aware, stay engaged, but also your mind can wonder and that's a valuable time and it's not a time that I get a lot of. I also have to say that the beginner mindset that I'm able to achieve at the Muggle Gym is fantastic. Uh, There's a reason that I never like got certified as a personal trainer. One, I have no interest in doing that work. Uh, Shout out to you if you're doing it. I think it's amazing. Um, However, I don't want to do it. Um, The other reason I never got certified because I love education. You know, like I like knowing what I'm doing, but here I kind of am happy. I'm happier not being an expert. I like accessing that beginner brain mindset where Everything is is new information, and I'm learning as I go. And I don't have to be an expert because other people are experts, like Nelson, who will tell me what to do. And being told what to do after you've been telling people what to do for many years is such a magnificent luxury. Highly recommended. So final thoughts for all of you, especially if you have... Um, feelings of anxiety around resting and taking time off, you are not going to lose everything that you have worked for. Will Will you have a period of time where you're humbled by your old sport when you come back to it? Yeah, probably depending on how long of a time you've taken off. But it's not rocket science. You did it before, you can do it again, and it will be easier the second time in most cases. Here's some context for you. I've taken significant amounts of time off and gone straight back into my career. Like in 2014, I was in a hit and run accident uh, with a drunk driver and it crushed my left arm and that was out of commission and I had to rebuild that muscle. The muscle was completely 
smooshed into goo. Had to relearn how to pick my hand up to brush my teeth kind of thing. Rehabbed it, did physical therapy, built it back, then it was stronger than ever. Uh, As well, as I said, when I had the tendonitis badly in both elbows and I was just doing intensive rehab work on that, I didn't train circus for many months. And most severely, and I really wanted to be very honest about this, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you'll know that in November, I lost a pregnancy and it was the third loss in a row. And it hit me like a ton of bricks and I just stopped doing anything. It was by far the longest I have ever gone without exercising in my adult life. And there was kind of a sense of spite about it, uh, like like I was angry, I'm like, well, fuck you, I'm not going to do anything, like, but who, I mean, who ultimately does that affect? Me, and only me, uh, I'm not saying it was logical, I'm just saying that's the experience that I've had, and I'm just now very much at the beginning of the journey out of that space. In fact, I just got back a couple of hours ago from the Muggle Gym, which is the first time that I've been back since November. My friends, it is the end of February. So I had myself uh, a nice little workout. It was an hour long. Um, It felt good. I had no expectations on myself. And it is going to be a journey back. Like it is going to be humbling. And I I don't want to encourage anyone, if you've taken a long break, to try and get back to where you were before. Because... You don't need to be who you were before. You were already that person. And hopefully the time away has given you um, treasures that you can take with you. So just become the person and the artist that you are now, uh, which doesn't mean that you're not going to be stronger now and better and more intelligent. And on that note, my friends, thank you so much for listening. Uh, It means so much to me to have you there. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, I am very, very interested to hear them. You can write to me on Patreon at Rachel Strickland Creative or on Instagram at Rachel Strickland Creative. I hope you have a fabulous weekend and goddess speed. Don't go back to sleep.